Hi everyone, welcome to the Do Good Podcast with myself, Rob Watson, and in this episode I had the pleasure of speaking with Viv Slack, who set up the organisation Street Support Network, which does an absolute incredible job of connecting countless organisations to help put an end to homelessness. For me, this is the perfect person for me to be speaking to, someone who is really going out and doing some good in the world, and I believe can help inspire other people to go out and do their own bit of good as well. We touch on quite a few things from you know how she set up and the challenges around that, but also away from work and some of her self practices that help keep her sort of sharp and on her game. And we also touch on some of the people that have been really inspired and had an influence on her. So without further ado, I'll go into the interview. Oh, but just to mention, um, this was the first interview that I did and I went over to see Viv, so the sound isn't fantastic, particularly from my side of things. But hey-ho, I'm just starting out with this, so um, I'm giving it my best shot. So anyway, on to the interview. So in typical do good fashion, I like to get things going by talking about your organisation, Street Support Network, um, where you aim to help to end homelessness. I'd love to just find out a little bit more about this and how it started. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so yeah, our mission is to connect like people and organisations locally so that, and help them end homelessness. So I think traditionally there's some amazing um, organisations and there's like lots of willing people and businesses um, but people don't always know what to do um, to help with homelessness and I think a lot of people imagine mm, maybe if I was homeless I'd want food for example or so they might go and give out food or people might think um, like well what they need is a home but I can't do anything about that and so not act so what we're trying to go is actually there's a lot that as a whole city if we connect all that up and really made the most of all our resources there's a lot we can do so we're trying to make it simpler for people who need support to know exactly where to get it from um, people that want to do something to help know exactly what it is they can do um, and just um, you help that all link up which kind of means that you end up with uh, more resources in the organisations which means more support is available you end up with um, people that say I've got like buildings or skills it's it's getting used for something um, and it's being designed uh, with organisations and with people that are homeless themselves so that yeah people with the resources and the people that know the problem well enough creating it together so yeah that's some of what we do and actually where it started um, I was trying to help a guy who um, was rough sleeping near me in Presswich and I kind of eventually plucked up the courage to ask him a bit more about his situation and it turned out that he was like on a, he'd moved out of his house because the relationship had broken down and he felt it was really badly affecting his children so he thought it was better, he decided it was better to move out which means that he can't get any help um, because that means he intentionally made himself homeless. So he was in like, a really bad situation, so I started to ask a lot of organisations how I could help this guy, and through that um, I really heard them saying that we it's hard for us to know what each other's doing because there's lots of organisations and we're all really busy and stretched and we can't really see the big picture. So I think that that was hearing that. I actually had quite a different idea, um, which I've seen crop up, um, a few times since which is around like funding beds for people but I think what I'm grateful for was that people told me how it really was and I listened and adapted so the idea really adapted to what people said they needed and sometimes a, what seems a really smart tech idea 
isn't going to work for some other reasons. Yeah. Like the tech bit can be the easy bit. So in this case, there's not enough accommodation. So no matter how amazing website you built or how much money you raise, there isn't enough accommodation. So it was like, I suppose it's like really, really connecting with people that are doing this every day and realizing you might add some creativity or innovation, but um, listening, I suppose. And so yeah, th- where it came from was it evolved by people telling us um, what was needed. And I think once we'd started and we'd done that sort of um, find help bit, which is very much like, I need a dentist, right, go here on a Tuesday. I need um, some advice on my benefits, right, you've got these three options. So it's very much about that need and mapping what's in the whole region now, GM. Um, But then people, we really heard people saying, I don't know how to help. Can you guide me how to help? So that's where Give Help came from. Things keep evolving, really. Amazing. Absolutely incredible. So you said it was it was triggered by your um, seeing a homeless man in mm-hmm. Prestwich and you just that was the thing that sparked it off for you. And so did you just suddenly kind of like start to engage with him and start talking with him? Yeah. I mean what honestly, I'd seen him loads of times and I'd gone, Do you want a cup of like do you want a brew or something? And I suppose in the end I was just like, I really want to talk to him and I really want to understand more but I'm like embarrassed or I didn't know how to start the conversation or something and I just kind of in the end was like oh come on just ask you know and I suppose over a couple of conversations I got to know more and I think that was the realization that um I think in I've got loads of resources I've got loads of friends I know loads of people I've got you know and I still couldn't think of anything to do to help him it you know because he needed a house and I can't get him a house do you know so I think that was it was like humble enough to know I can't solve this guy's problem but that if I could if we can change the system and better resource organisations they might be able to and I think it's very much the same with street support we can't end homelessness but we can make the system work better and the people with resources get involved and do what people say they need so it's sort of like facilitating or coordinating um, that could make a difference that it's not like solving it with tech or something. It's such a challenging situation. I think a lot of people will see people and be like, well, how can I help? What can I do? Mm -hmm. Um, I think there's another side to it where maybe a lot of people just tend to ignore them as well. Mm -hmm. um, But I've always tried to to do our best and, you know, Mm -hmm. get them a couple or buy them a sandwich or even just give them a little bit of time and talk Mm -hmm. to them so they feel like they're human beings and not Mm -hmm. just um, people having to, like, low level and the begging and stuff it almost lift them in some way mm. um, but it is it's, it's challenging but it's amazing that you actually stepped up and you thought well, I'm going to do something about it mm. um, yeah and, and um, yeah I think what you said about it being complex is so true and I think a lot of us we love like a simple message and, and that's what we really we really respond to a simple message so, you know if you can put something in one line with like a, a cool picture or you know it's like yes but um, you know, it's simple in a way. We haven't got enough homes, and you know, people are m- people are like falling out of the system without any support. You know, in that way. But in terms of like why there's like as many different reasons as there are people, and you know, it's hard. And I think um, we've found like you know, it's like three years in. I'm still learning something every day and really absorbing in it. I think if you're just popping in to do something, you kind of almost have to say what can I do or something like that because it, it is more complicated and um, but 
what you said about talking to people making them feel human I was um, visiting a hostel recently which is for young women and there was someone there who'd had a like horrendous journey really um, like left care um, and she'd been sleeping in tents she'd been safe surfing with different men until like hoping that they wouldn't demand sex basically and just awful and she was saying she's now in a good place and like um, trying to get her life sorted out and but she was saying that what really helped was just a few people that would come out and actually ask her how she was and treat her like someone and not a problem so I think it can have a really um, massive impact that Again, I think people. Some people are just getting maybe a bit shocked by it all because mm. maybe even if you go up in say smaller towns, even mm. in smaller towns now you're starting to see a lot more homeless people. Yeah. Um, where maybe in the past it was tend to be the bigger cities, yeah. but now I think also when you see that you mentioned about women, I think mm. maybe that's a bit of a changing point for people. But I've generally over the years tends to be more men. Mm. Is it is it generally around twenty to thirty year old men? Is that who, a bit, a bit older, a bit older. yeah. So I think um, it's really changing. I think there's more women, um, there's more young people, which you might not notice because some of the people, I, young people I know who are homeless, you would think they're students. There's no, you can't tell, you know. And so often they'll maybe like bed down in the day, and then at night they'll just be hanging out. So you wouldn't. Nec- I think there's a couple of reasons we don't what we're seeing is actually the tip of the iceberg. One is which you don't always obviously know who's homeless. And the other thing is that, like, there's much more than street homelessness. So there's, like, you know, something like 1,300 families or something in GM that are just in, like, temporary accommodation that haven't got anywhere permanent. And I know that doesn't sound... It's not as bad as a rough sleeping, but it's, like, still... You don't have that life that we imagine our life and you don't know where you're going to be living next week and you don't, you know... Um, and then there's people that are, like, in these dead end B&Bs, there's people squatting, there's people, you know, so actually it's big and I think maybe why we're seeing more women now is that the austerity measures and the cuts in services, the first people you're going to see are the people that can kind of cope in inverted commas, you know, so it's sort of like the people that aren't priority need. So I think first of all you'd see the single men sort of thing and then as the system struggles maybe women might have, um, they might have had friends or people let them stay or you know and then they're running out of options I don't know and I think a lot of us are trying to get more facts and data on that but I think it's still at that phase of like what seems to be happening is this because it sort of it feel from the sense you get from everyone is like the effect of those cuts in services and the shelters closing and um, benefit system changing and various things it takes a while for you to really see the see it. effect yeah. yeah and I suppose you must be able to see some quite inspiring stories as well where people mm. are getting themselves back on their feet yeah um, and coming back out and reintegrating themselves back into society yeah all the time I mean like even in our team so out of our team of five um, two of those people like one was in um, the shelters about a year and a half ago and he now um, is working for us and is like you know uh back to thinking like where do I want this to go and you know he's got and what hobbies do I want to do and you know like really been back on with his life and one of the other people on our team was sort of four years ago um yeah like lots of other complex issues going on and is now helping a lot of other people but yeah all the time you know um 
both organisations and individuals helping people and people helping themselves and you know a lot of organisations that we love like uh, for example um, On The Out who work with people leaving prison and trying to um, you know and facing homelessness and trying to like rebuild their lives with all those disadvantages Um, most of their staff and volunteers are people that have been through that themselves and I think they're just so knowledgeable and passionate and strong and that sense of purpose and meaning that comes with then trying to support other people to move on and I think so much there's like there's really big like structural and resourcing issues with like not enough accommodation and not enough mental health support and um that's so important but also like we've got less um like communities and support structures so if you're family and maybe your friends aren't you haven't got a strong network there it's so much easier to um you know not be able to get yourself back on your feet or and if you're not getting the support of your mental health and if you don't have like if you don't feel like you've got a purpose in life like if you've not got a reason to get up in the morning you know I can see why you you know that just feeling of like what's the point is like too hard to try and then um so yeah, but um, yeah, I think people that there's lo- there's lots of people working in the homelessness partnership, um, either working or volunteering or supporting in other ways who have been through it themselves, and um, you know it's it's so much like where you end up is is a combination of so many things like your past and events that happen to you and how your health is and you know and so with good conditions you can make good choices and with bad conditions and it could happen it's not like it could happen to any of us it's not there's more um if you've got more support or network and more resources or money behind you you've got more resilience but you know it's um yeah yeah it's conditions that that lead to what happens you know and it's amazing to hear that you've got people on your team that have you know been out on the streets and in a way like there's almost like no better people to actually help them because they can be the most empathetic yeah. and understanding because they, they've been there. And I think I heard something recently um, about asylum seekers mm. and it's actually other asylum seekers that are helping mm-hmm. integrate asylum seekers yeah. through. And it seems, of course, yeah. um, they're the best way. Of course you need, within a system, it can't just be individuals helping individuals mm. as part of a, a platform. So Yeah, definitely. And we always talk about um, really valuing like lived experience, learned experience and professional experience. So people that have sort of um, studied or like from universities or, you know, or researchers, but then people that have worked frontline and then especially people that have lived through it themselves and that combination has something quite special um, about it. And I suppose just to say, not pretending that's always easy because we also had someone else in our team and um, who's still in such a difficult situation you know still doesn't have housing still has personal stuff going on and and between us we couldn't make it work but it just wasn't you know the right time but I think it was it'd always be a something we want to do it like every time there's an opportunity we would try and make that be with someone who's got lived experience as long as they've got the right skills Um, and I think that's something we're really trying to help businesses to do so there's quite a lot of projects around like inclusive employment and supporting employers to be able to to feel able to do that. Yeah. What sort of numbers are there? Then say like in Greater Manchester, how many people would be sort of like 
sleeping off or just um, potentially yeah I'll have to send you all the numbers but um, because I'm really I'm worried about getting this wrong and there's they, so they do a um, rough sleep account every month so there'll be another one coming up but um, I've got all the figures I can get you I think in Manchester it's like just over 200 or something but um, in other areas of GM the number will be very will be smaller like it might be um, like seven or something yeah. and um, but then what we've sort of seemed to be finding happening is obviously we even as just members of the public but um, definitely for people that are homeless they don't see borders like that so I think we're trying to think of it at a greater Manchester level because people move so if you're in out in an area outside of the city that doesn't really have any services or it doesn't have other people in the same situation you you might well come into Manchester because at least you're you can connect into other people and services. So it's a bit of a transient population. I also think that that number, as best as they try, it's still who they see like on the floor, obviously sleeping rough on that night. And like we said, there's a lot of people who maybe try and hide away or they're sort of outside the city in tents or they wander around at night to not be seen. And then, you know, and um, so I think... Uh, yeah, I'll send you those. Yeah, that's good. Sorry. That's <laughs> no, it's okay. We were in but New yeah. York the other year, and I think it was something crazy, like so many thousands of people just in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Um, and Manhattan's not actually that big a place in terms mm-hmm. of like the space, and it's just um, it just pulls at your heart, you know, and mm-hmm. you just think, oh, what what can we do? Yeah. And, and you're doing it. You're doing something, mm-hmm. and obviously, it seems like it has to happen on a real uh, government level, and yeah. and council level and everything um but it has to start with individuals to to make that shift and um yeah i mean on the numbers like you said there's a there's the rough sleeper numbers and then there's like the number of people that are homeless overall forms of homelessness which is like much more like thousands of you know like or tens of thousands even and uh, i think that's something that for everyone to bear in mind and i think um in terms of influencing i think you're right that's absolutely the plan that we sort of act locally we build a movement of much more people who are actively knowledgeable and able to do something. And then if you start to think kind of with that Greater Manchester region, we're starting to work with like Liverpool regions, there's quite a movement down south. And so, and then joining all these up, so, you know, everything doesn't have to come from London. So there's sort of a big um, like government strategy coming uh, yeah, that has, that's come out and they're now sort of planning from. But it's like, I think things are emerging around the country and there's some amazing like, projects and there's some amazing partnerships and if that can start all to join up and then influence London instead of you know I think that's part of it as well um, yeah, I heard something people have great ideas is it last week is it government committing 100 million pounds mm. is that something what what are your thoughts on so like you like really positive step and they're sure there is still something in it if you read in detail a lot of that is money that was already allocated and other of it is money that's going to be taken from other adult services. So, you know, there's no, not no such thing, but there's not new money, you yeah. know. And But having said that, there has been some really positive news for Manchester and Greater Manchester over the last year. So um, there's a lot of housing first, like 500 housing first um places that are in that we've got the money for from government that are being planned there's a thing called the social impact bond which is working with entrenched rough sleepers so there has been some you know like manchester has a need we've got a strong voice i think having um burnham has helped and you know various things where we are getting money to put stuff in um 
the frustrating thing from my I guess my point of view a lot of point of view is there's this amazing work happening to tackle the end problem but the reasons for this are just plowing ahead as ever before so you know we're not actually going you know we've not well the government or there's not a big enough voice questioning the sort of logic of you know pay less taxes have less services you know less going through um government and i'm all for like social enterprises and business responses and things like that but there's also um you know people aren't getting the support they need early they're not getting the mental health support they're not getting like the support when they leave care and so the reasons for homelessness you know it feels like not much is being done at that level which is where i think governments could really help and i think um the other sort of part of it is if you think of what's happening in menstrual or greater menstrual if you go and look at any plans we're selling off the you know massive chunks of the city are being sold off which is fine um but if that's to build luxury apartments and restaurants which it which it is because you know the market forces don't solve everything and they don't think what do all of our citizens need or want they go like how you know what can we sell who's going to buy it and the people that are buying it the people who have money so you know if we're going to sell off the bits of the city um and that means that we're going to end up with lots of luxury apartments and um, resources like restaurants that only some people can use what happens to the people that can't afford that and that's that's currently Manchester City but if you look at any plans it's going to spreading out to more and more areas so where are people meant to go that don't afford that can't afford it I think even things like um there's a so one need that comes up all the time is to have a point where you could go to like any time where you can get like health advice and advice on homelessness and you know so like a hub basically and multiple services could be there and you an urban village who are like um specialist homelessness health advisors could be there so everything's in place they've got even the money to pay for the rent but they can't find a property and even to rent not even for free because you know everywhere's earmarked for luxury apartment you know so it's just you know some of this really big stuff like i think some absolutely amazing stuff going on with individuals and centres and I think actually the council homelessness team are doing an amazing job on, on what they've got on this tiny team and like reduced budgets but some of those big you know um, choices that are made don't feel in citizens hands and I don't think most people realise like the effects of I think what we've seen is what we've seen for a while it's like profit become is yeah. put before yeah. everything and anything yeah. and it's like you know, we're just gonna basically if we keep going all around. We're not just gonna have more people on this. We're just destroying the entire planet, mm. and we're stripping it clean of everything it's got mm. to make more money. And Absolutely agree. And you know, like there's not again, like we said with complexity, there's not simple answers. So I'm not going, uh, you know, socialism solves it or X, anything particularly. But we've got to have. I, I just feel like we've got to have a stronger look at like. All, the, the, all those choices that we're making and I think it's so complicated that sometimes people just go I'm just going to look after myself or my family because it's too hard to look at all that stuff which I understand but then we get here because if we don't collectively try and care for our city like who's going to because I think at the moment it's what well, the free market means that we'll get the best result but it's like look around like where 
Like, where's the community? Where's you know? Every time something pops up that it seems people love, like the Wonder Room, for example, it's like it can make more money by being a bar, so it has gone, you know. And so I just feel like the city's not been designed for what for people's well-being and for what people want. It's it's sort of the market, the magic of the markets is just gonna solve it and it yeah. and look around. It's not. <laughs> it's one thing that like, I've not been in Manchester that much the past few years, but was here for like 12, 13 years in total, mm. and just seen it change in just all these basically like a concrete jungle. Mm. There's very little green space. Mm. Um, I was in London last week and. Mm. One good, great thing that London's got, there's so many parks and green space everywhere. I think something like 49% of London is green space. Mm. But Manchester, there's just, mm. there's hardly anything. And you have to go out of the city. To go out of it. It's, and it's not just about the for the homeless people's well-being, it's for everyone's well-being mm. and health and mm. the um, not being able to have a space to go. Mm. Um, it's crazy. It, it just, it, yeah, it just, I can't, can't quite wrap my head mm. around it sometimes. No, likewise. And I think that's one... You know, sometimes when things get bad, you never would wish that, and you definitely would never wish that people were suffering like they are. And it's like, can this be the thing that wakes us up and, um, you know, goes well? What you know, if I'd love to get a load of people together, and I'm sure this happens, but it's like, if we could design our city, what would you know? What do we want this to be? Because if you've got like a vision that you're going towards, it seems like you have more chance of getting there, and it feels like that vision is set by a few people at the top that are leading the council and like where do citizens come in to say well what we there is a really big thing called our Manchester which is meant to be citizens engagement in the decisions but I don't know it just feels like it's not just like you said homelessness is the visible result and the end of all these other failures like where people haven't got support and haven't got community and haven't got purpose and that feels like that's for all of us to I really like that thing about you know we have to get people involved in the process. I think mm-hmm. like old um, old day children's hospital in Liverpool mm-hmm. was redesigned and rebuilt, mm-hmm. and as it was getting right at the beginning stages, they got the kids in the hospital mm-hmm. to design and imagine what how what's their dream hospital, and the architects took them ideas into consideration mm-hmm. and really transformed it. That's a space for the kids, mm-hmm. and the kids are now able to. But, you know, they're in an environment, which I believe your environment shapes how you think and what you do, and it's going to shape your health. So if them kids are in there feeling better from it, you know, it has to be the same for cities. And the thing, maybe as you're saying, more homeless people is that it's just going to, at some point, has to come a real crunch time mm-hmm. and a real wake-up call. Yeah. Um, I think it's, yeah, completely agree. So I think a word that gets used in this kind of um, sector quite a lot it, and it can become a buzzword but it has a real um, important thing is around co-production and it's like we've got to make these decisions collectively for the people that are going to that it's going to affect you know it's like I don't see how you can design something expecting to have everyone's views without talking to them you know so I think that's that's like essential for the stuff we're doing and um, it's interesting you mentioned Liverpool there's there's a great organisation called Architecture Unknown who were like some uh, people that were some architects that were, had like done their training and started off on the normal route and they were like we've got to co-design with people and so they're really everything they're doing is whatever the residents are likely to be they're kind of creating the spaces with them and I think that's one example but almost you know everything like that like when we decide 
whether to sell off this chunk of the city and what we should do with it how can you know a, a range of people be, think like well what's the impact you know like I said if we lose a green space and we build a building like how do we balance all the needs of different people and um, yeah it, it's I guess it feels like we went down a big experiment for like 20 or 40 years or I don't know how long of like if we just look after ourselves does it all magically work somehow and it's like yes and no I suppose <laughs> mm-hmm. some things have some things are better and we've lost um, some of the things that we realise we I think we're realising we value that <laughs> I think so I think people even are just you know well in my own life we're just realising that you know money can only buy you so much and it does not bring you happiness mm-hmm. it does not bring you contentment Mm-hmm. doesn't make you healthy mm-hmm. might give you more options for stuff um, but this this drive for more mm-hmm. it doesn't I think it was um, Henry Ford he um, he was like one of the first billionaires and someone interviewed him said well you know have, have you done that or, or one next or what are you aiming for and his response was just more mm-hmm. it's like it's just built in like whether it's like this over masculine dominant quality that's just coming through and it's I also think that there is something really human about like the reason we survived is we were always like what's next what's next what's over the hill what's and like so I think there's something where unless you do quite a lot of work on that you're never satisfied or a lot of us are never satisfied but it's like questioning what gives you that satisfaction so there is a feeling of like I want more but if you've known that the last five phones you got didn't make you any happier why would the sixth one one be and it's like well what does you know when um you know i mean like being with people you like or contributing something or having a purpose or like even play or you know (laughs) nature or it's like i suppose there's a whole range of things that could try and meet that thing that's going i want something else um that's so lovely you touched on about play i think play is such a key thing that we've lost growing up Mm. either just gets conditioned as us or, or as we grow up we think that's not what grown-ups do, mm. and it's just what kids do. But I think mm. it's almost adopt that more childlike nature. Mm. And ju- like you look at a kid... Like and wonder and awe, I love those two words. Like, totally, yeah. You see a child, you know, four, five, six, seven, whatever that may be, you see them playing, they're totally in the moment. Mm. They're not thinking, like, they need to get some new piece of clothing mm. or wherever or be anywhere. They've got something that they can make and create. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe we need to introduce more of that into our day. And just, just it, and, and yeah. like, then things cost nothing. Do you yeah. want to draw or write or whatever it is or yeah. just sing to your heart's content yeah. um, now that's really interesting because it, it relating to this because there's been some we've had some really big conversations in our team and there's been like controversy at points on social media and that where people do something with like um the arts or with music or uh, you know around poverty and homelessness and i get there's like one strong voice which is like you know people need homes what are you messing around with this for and that's true as well and you also talk to people who is like that is the what changed for them so I was speaking to someone who wasn't from Manchester actually from another part of the country who um, it didn't quite end up rough sleeping but it was very close so he'd sort of mental health problems he had periods of weeks where he just literally would sit on his floor and he couldn't move so like he lost his job you know it didn't quite get to that because he had family and stuff but um he said the thing that eventually shifted is he'd had a canvas up because he used to paint and one day he managed to get up and just uh, 
start something and then he went back to that a few days not moving in but you know that got him back and he now runs this amazing project for people with mental health issues that um like the basis is art but then once people start um having that as a reason to get up in the morning and do something and let their emotions on to you know come out in some way then they start to work them on all the practical stuff and you know so i think there's different ways and the, the men's room here have got that approach as well they start with something around creativity and then they help them work out all the practical stuff so i just think like you need all of it and we all need you know um yeah and i'm really glad it's gone the conversation's ended up there because i just think there is almost like that people that are suffering more than us and and then we've got resources or maybe spare time or capacity or and but not seeing ourselves as like us and them and you know that you can have loads of compassion as well but also there's a lot in common you know people like everyone wants a reason to get up in the morning everyone wants a friend everyone yeah and the thing is look the way we're going in society it seems like the things that cause like you talk about friendship like you live in a community you feel like you're part of something like you say, you've got a reason to get up in the morning. Mm-hmm. I think I saw a statistic yesterday, so like 70% of people don't like the jobs, where mm-hmm. 30% absolutely despise the jobs. And I think most people will go through right the way till the 60s feeling like that, and you think, it's such a shame. Mm-hmm. It is such a shame, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even if you're on paper like a winner at life and thing, you can be this, this unhappy in that. Um, I can see, like, even in some small ways, if you start to be like I want to get involved with this and I want to contribute and there's something you feel you can do it gives you like um you know it, it's recognizing it's 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 a kind thing to do and it helps you in your life like figure out what's really important and grow as a person and all those other things so it's like how can we have more people feel like they want to be an active citizen or part of the community instead of just a consumer and that was like there's a talk by John Alexander a few years ago that like properly just changed like you know some of those big shifts that change your life I'm just like yes like we we have to like you have to have more people that are actively going I'd like the world to go in this direction or something or I want to do something you know like otherwise it's just like watching a horror show <laughs> kind of thing it's actually true okay that yeah. people because they they paint a different picture mm. and then people can imagine that brighter future yeah. rather than say listen to the news and all doom and gloom in a way they're painting yeah. the doom and gloom future that we can potentially yeah. end up going down but if we see different possibilities I think it was was it Ken Robinson who gave a talk on education on um, um, a TED talk and just phenomenal talking about mm. creativity and kids and stuff like that and oh. it's like ah yeah like, you know, like you said there like an aha moment where you mm. wake up and you think ah oh, we need to change this mm. and we can change it mm. um, yeah. no, that's, great, that's great doing it. I look forward to listening to the rest of these because I think that is is really like a lot of people I, um, I kind of like follow and listen to who are like really involved in like maybe uh, peacemaking or like um, you know, linking people across differences in like Israel and Palestine or any of these things they're like the thing I have to do is like take in the bad news and, and the difficult stuff and not cut myself off from it but I have to keep being inspired and seeing the beauty in the world and positive thing you know like so I think there is a danger you just go I can't do all the other horrible stuff so I'm just not going to look and I get what some people just need to do that but I think if you can yeah, if you can manage to 
do that but get enough balance to see there is also like amazing people and there's so much like I do, in this project we just see so much care and compassion and people like wanting to help and they don't always know what to do or sometimes they'll do something that ends up maybe making something worse but it's like the intentions are really good and that's yeah, yeah it gives like, you a lot of hope <laughs> yeah it's like as if even though things can seem so more more uncertain than ever and so like at breaking mm. points but I also think this is the chance we've got to rewrite things and I believe in some ways this is the most exciting time to be alive because there's so much potential for yeah. and human potential yeah. and I think technology is really playing a part in that of course it can be a hindrance for people mm. but I know you've come from like a digital background mm. so um, how are you finding like technology is potentially really shifting um, what you're mm. doing? I mean, for us, uh, first of all, I suppose it's well been a bit of a journey and, and a difference in seeing that digi- uh, seeing digital for us anyway is like a gateway to um, connecting with more people, to um, getting complex information to people in the bite-sized pieces that they need, in coordination. It's all that kind of thing. It's like. I don't I don't see many situations where the digital on its own is the answer but the digital with the people so it's almost thinking of like right we used to organize ourselves in like tribes or families or whatever it was or communities and the world's got like massive and urban spaces especially or thinking of global issues so digital then helps you like come up with ways to like manage that complexity I suppose so I see yeah digital as a way to Resimplify and connect with people and like make stuff happen in real life and rather than thinking it can solve things on its own if you know what yeah. I mean and I've not got anything yeah nothing particularly comes in my head where like this um, one thing at the moment could um, revolutionise and I still like you know enjoy reading those things that like these five things are going to change everything and, and I hope that we always look out for that and that's why we've got sort of uh, we work with technical experts but um yeah, I think that I'm excited about te- how technology can connect people and how we could recreate community and um, have a common sense of purpose and all that. Kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, it's got so much potential. Mm-hmm. It's also see how technology is also playing having a huge impact on anxiety levels and everything as well. So, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, focus on the good. There is like work is working at how to use any of those tools as a positive I really this seems a really random story but um, I really like with the Mormons some, I'm sure it's a Mormon someone was telling me recently that you always think um, there's certain groups and like the Amish that'll just go we don't like technology and they were saying actually that's not true what they tend to do is when the new technology comes along as a community they go might this help us live our values and so if their values are like we stay locally and work as a community because that seems to be a positive thing for humans or whatever if they feel that technology is going to make them go away more so you know then they'll they won't really do cars and planes you know <laughs> but if uh, if a bit of technology can help them do the land quicker or something you know it's sort of like it's like i guess it's like how are we going to use it and why is this good and what are the potential downfalls and, yeah. and i think we're all like loads of us are like going whoa i kind of i can see what I've been doing that's actually been making my life worse and then trying to come up with strategies totally. and, uh, yeah I think it's yeah. U- using it for good like I, I came across yeah. something like 3D printers and these guys are building these systems so they can use it out in gardening and like mm. on raised beds and it'll literally this 
this little computer will go and plant the seeds and water it and then mm. take it out at the end. And mm. Of course, there's, I think it's important to have that connection and grow your own food, mm. but maybe on a larger scale, mm. you can start to use that. Um, and all done from a 3D printer. Yeah. And like, eventually, eventually, everyone can be able to get their hands on them and it'll be yeah. almost like there'll be a community 3D printer yeah. everyone can tap into and use and repair stuff. So Yeah, like the repairing things, I think, is exciting. Like, you mm. know, um, something that would have got thrown away because you can't get the one part for it, but you could replicate that part. Yeah. 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 So I think still see loads of value in technology and it's really helping and knowing that mostly on its own, you know, it needs humans as well. (laughs) You know, it's that combination. Can't have AI take over. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so have you had any um, like really really tough times times of like um, like setting this up where it's just felt like oh, you know you're banging your head against yeah. a wall? <laughs> yeah, loads. Yeah, uh, lots. So I suppose um, definitely early days, like no idea where any money was going to come from to pay people. So that was quite difficult. Where we like know that you know we've only got like a week left and we've got someone working with us and be like we can't guarantee you know that sort of thing early on um i think um partnership working is essential and can be really hard you know like um and sometimes it feels like why are people not doing this or why can people not see this or why are they focusing on their thing instead of this collective thing and um that can be hard i think like i'm really involved in like non-violent communication and i think that without that I might have actually gone insane because it's just like normally someone's behaving in a way because they're trying to meet their needs in the best way they know and it's like people are coming from different perspectives you know but like trying to do partnership in a complex system where actually there's no massive structure I love that and it's hard um, but I think the one thing that probably like you know loads of sleepless nights and got really stressed was um is just that wanting to really give someone an opportunity and maybe like in your heart of hearts you want this like amazing success story that comes out the end where they're like suddenly happy and they're in a home and they've got this job and everything you know like that's how you set up and it didn't you know it didn't work out like that and um I think it's just really hard to take sometimes that you can't fix stuff and some things are out of your control and I suppose there's just a lot of like, could I have done anything differently? Could we do anything differently? What could I have said? What could, you know? And I think that's hard. I found that hard to to switch off, I suppose. Um, And then with acceptance that like, we, all the intentions were good and the team, we'd sort of talked to the team and a lot of other people like, and they were like, you know, I think you've done everything you can. And I suppose then having that partnership, and being able to ask for feedback and ideas and uh, things. But yes, I'd say, as in anything, it's like humans are the hard bit, <laughs> you know, and the bit that makes it all worth it. But, yeah, relationships. Um, yeah, I'd say that. And there is sometimes, like, you know, I suppose the systemic issues we mentioned and the fact that a lot of stuff, decisions get made by a few people in London and in the government and it just feels out of reach. But... Um, absolutely no regrets like I didn't leave work uh, to do this but I left work to work with local organisations with technology and for social good sort of thing and like 
even though I used to like my job, I was like, never look back. It's just, I learn stuff all, the, like, every day is different, I learn stuff every day, get to work with this massive range of, like, in, interesting people, and, yeah. You know, it's so amazing, you know, you're, so you know, you're making a difference, you know, you might have time to be so. really, really challenging. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, well, of course, yeah. you definitely, it yeah. is from, from outside looking in, and know perception but you you know mm. what you're doing is incredible and mm. I'm sure like you say not that the stress is worth it but at least there's meaning behind it yeah, for what you're it's doing def- it's absolutely absolutely worth it and like the the positives outweigh like I never feel I think for me personally and everyone's different the worst thing for me is just feeling empty like just feeling like nothing and like what's the point you know and I, and I don't like I don't remember the last time I felt like that and were you did you feel like that earlier on in your yeah. career and stuff and that's yeah, yeah. yeah really like and I had a nice life like you know and I, so a lot of me would be like I'm really grateful for loads of stuff but there's still a feeling of like like what is this and where is it going and I must be able to do more and I think I remember this really clearly one day going into work and I felt like I know there's more I could do like there's got to be somewhere I can contribute to the world and I suppose like people around me at the time were more conservative and safe I suppose and were kind of like you know the best thing you can do is you know enjoy your life earn money and give to charity sort of thing which is also great we definitely need that but for me it was just like I've got a burn like there's something burning in me it's like I want to do something you know and I don't yeah I'd rather try something and contribute and learn something and do something else or you know um, I think what's amazing yeah. is you kind of said you met a homeless man and you started like chatting with him and mm. how that's just that potentially one conversation mm. um has grown into this where mm. you didn't have it wouldn't have had i think no, that's the thing most people know. think maybe they think they want to create something or do mm. something and they see the big picture mm. when actually often i think look thinking to bigger pictures stop you from even starting from something yeah and definitely. you just having a conversation spot an idea and then you can't I think like most things we tend to just make them up as we go along it literally has emerged we say all the time if we tried to make we didn't we didn't really have like a vision and strategy thing it was like we had in mind this guy we're like what could you know how somehow could his situation be better if we met him in a year's time or something like that which was like let's make sure at least we know what all the services are and what he can get and what's missing and we'll try and get something to meet the gap that's missing you know like that that the whole thing has just emerged. So people have just like, and I'm not talking in some magic way, but like once you set off on something, you just like attract people. So people started hearing about us and they'd go, oh, well, I know some so-and-so, shall I introduce you to them? Or like, oh, I'm a philanthropist, I've heard what you're doing. Can we give you some, I'd like to give you some money. Or we've got a building. Or, I don't know, it's just like, you set off on something and it goes and in the same way as we worked, worked more with organisations someone would go oh it'd be really useful if like you know we could leave feedback on the accommodation so that we don't send people to somewhere that everyone hates you know or wherever it is it's mostly just yeah there was no massive plan it's like and even the last week kind of our long term vision has changed a bit because of some conversations we had so yeah it's finding something and the other thing I'd say is like just connecting with people because I think there is a real buzz about creating something new and that's great and some people are like that's really important but there's also loads of really amazing stuff that's happening that you could like support and then that might be a springboard for something new you know like 
join a community or a meetup or volunteer somewhere and that com- a conversation you might have while you're volunteering might give you the idea of what to do I just think it's quite hard to like come into from completely from the outside with an idea and we do get that a lot which comes from a really good place like I've got this idea for like solving homelessness and from a tech point of view and it could maybe someone will come up with that but it just feels it feels like it will be hard to do that if you're not already involved yeah totally and I think if you can totally um, relate to that and feel like if you can just go and volunteer your time for a bit mm. instead, you don't have to feel like all the, ma- the management side of things and mm. how you're going to get something off the ground mm. and all that stuff. You can just go in and learn and just yeah. be a part and just see just what give your time emerges, up. who you meet, yeah. what ideas come up. Yeah, amazing. So in terms of um, you know, you talk about some like challenging times and generally the stress in life. Do you have any sort of like things like techniques or tools that you'll tend to do? that'll help you either switch off or to keep you in a calm space massively like there's there's a few things that I'm just like I don't know if I could have done this otherwise um, and definitely like having support with friends or family or whatever is a big part of it so I've I've always known like if it really goes wrong someone will believe in me or something you know like or someone will still like me and make me a cup of tea or you know that kind of thing so having that support but for me it's like being outdoors um and it was really like i did loads of like running and fell running and like mountain biking and stuff like that and i still do that but now i'm more also like yoga but um i think the key two things for me is like uh, meditation and like non-violent communication so i think the ability to like stop but also to be kind to myself and then to like have some understanding of what's going on in a conflict or a difficult situation and realising that everyone's trying their best and you know they're coming at what the words they're saying might not be the real thing so you might hear blame but actually what they're going is like like I want someone to understand me or you know and um but yeah meditation feels really key and I think whatever your version is of that so like I know some people that you know when they're running or walking they're in it in that kind of state and if you can get to like be present and feel peaceful but also <coughs> kindness to yourself and that's what yeah and then and is it that I think I would da- go mental <laughs> yeah. is it a daily thing yeah for I mean for me it's become more and more so it's like I've been meditating for quite for a few years but um now we're kind of having the morning like my yoga meditation is this like chunk where like you know sort of this hour and a half two hours where literally in the morning I'm like I don't try not to arrange meetings too early and stuff like that and it's just like yeah there's just certain things I do which then enable me to be like on it and connected and deal with conflict and um, so yeah I guess everyone has a different versions and you know people have might have like kids and other think responsibilities and stuff but I just think for me that's been just like transformed loads of stuff and I think with MVC especially together I think um, I can totally relate to that in terms of I think it's so important that we give ourselves some space and look after Mm -hmm. ourselves because if we don't actually look after ourselves, we're not in a good enough position to help anyone else. Just kind of. It's where it comes from as well. Because even if you are like, I'm going to help, I'm going to help, we're going to be really generous. It's like if you're like tired or, yeah, whatever it is, state you're in, it comes from like a bit of like a have to. Like, you know, you're, it's like 
yeah yeah whatever that is I don't know if some people that's like art or music or like anything it's just uh, yeah helps you like reconnect mm. and in terms of um, so do, you, do them things keep you inspired or do you have other things that sort of or people that are mentors or followers that you sort of check in with and they'll either not further ahead than you but mm. kind of like you know pulling you along in some ways that's a good question yeah and it's something i've thought of a bit so i think um i have some coaching sometimes which is more like i'm struggling with this can you help me like ask me some questions on how we think um there's also a couple like actually our trustees are amazing so two of our um trustees especially are kind of using that more um advice or mentoring sort of role around this specifically but i think generally again like the people inspire so my heroes are always like Martin Luther King and like Mandiva and Gandhi you know it's always like the non-violent thing I've always been inspired by and so there's quite a new movement of lots of people around um I don't know you could call it non-violence or like conscious activism or like how do you do social change um coming from a place a different place that's not about hate and anger sort of thing and that really inspires me like people working in like places where uh you know it's been at war and they've killed each other's families but then they reconnect and you're like if they can do that we can manage to like get sort of a police and a rough sleeper to connect or you know it's like um yeah i think seeing people that um through those personal practices and that personal intention they're able to deal with like a load of crazy stuff and still be uh, happy and like peaceful and yeah I find that really inspiring but I'd, I, I am in I think the idea of like personal mentors that are further on is really would be great I just maybe haven't figured out who that is but yeah. something it's a good idea I'm, um, I'm glad you mentioned Gandhi and stuff. It seems like, <laughs> for me, you seem like you're kind of living one of his, for me, his most like famous quotes, like, be the change you want to see in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, you've sort of, you know, you've seen what appears to be the problem. It's like, okay, well, how can I um, be a part of the solution in some way? And rather than thinking, I'm going to fix it all, because we can't, it's impossible. Mm-hmm. We can't, we can only do our best, but... Mm-hmm. To um, where you are, you know, you're doing your bit of change. Thank you. That, that's amazing to hear. And I think it's like that. You can't ever when you're in it, you can't really see it. I must admit. Like even when I go away, I'm like reflex. But it's just, it's just what what they're doing. Um, but it keeps adapting, keep learning. And by the way, just to say, um, one thing I love about Gandhi is in the height of his, you know, when everything was going on, he was the figurehead of this movement. He didn't work Mondays because he meditated. So it's like he's like, if I don't do this. I can't do any of the rest of it. So I always learn that's like, if Gandhi can take, like, you know what I mean, a day a week off, then I can manage a bit in the morning. Oh, that's amazing. That is amazing. Yeah, Um, yeah, totally. And I think we're having a bit of a change of mentality at the moment. This idea of just working hard and driving ourselves into the bone. And as if it's like a badge of honour of just Mm. staying, pulling all, the idea of pulling all night is like as if it's, Mm. oh, well done you. And, Actually, no. You know, you're destroying your health. You're not. You actually, you may be doing all them hours, but you won't be producing anywhere near as what you could do if you were looking after yourself. And then yeah. just finding them time to actually then do what you need to do to look after yourself. And then when you do do work, you're just in the flow more, and you can do. I find when I'm in that place that in four hours I could do what I could normally do in twelve hours because I've looked after myself in the other times. 
Yeah, definitely. So. And it, it, you just feel sad to be in that situation, you know, like it must be really hard. And it's like, where's the joy in it? And where are you going? And I just imagine that at some point later in your life, you look back and was like, damn, <laughs> like, where, you know, something you could, yeah, I don't know. I can't, maybe some people don't, but I can't imagine that. Like, for instance, you're going like, on your beef. Elon Musk, who is, you know, phenomenal. Mm. The change he's creating, you know, with a, he's really mm. changing the way industry is and stuff. But in terms of, like, it was his 47th birthday recently, and he basically just worked straight 24 hours mm. all night. And it's like, mm. he's got that mentality. And mm. I think it was, is it Adriana Huffington, who's part of the Huffington Post, has just written an open letter to him, basically saying, you need to start looking after yourself. Oh. Um, <laughs> you're an amazing, incredible yeah, person, yeah, yeah. but it's actually an outdated... A belief mm-hmm. that we have to just work relentlessly and put all them hours in. Um, mm-hmm. Idea of working smart and all really But I, who would yeah. I be to judge? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah, you know, different work things work for different people. But it definitely can be a drive of like, I, I've always I don't know why, but I've always that felt I'm not going to live very long or something. Like I've, like I've not got much time. I've got to do as yeah. much as I can, and that can still come in. And I can see, yeah. But I think for me, it needs to be balanced with also like some joy and <laughs> well you say if you're giving yourself then that time in the morning whether it's yoga meditation yeah. or exercise and also there's something i've been hearing and i can feel it myself is if you do something like that in the morning you're when you get ready to start working you're like yeah i'm feeling good yeah, so if you just get out of bed and have a piece of toast and a coffee and want yeah. to start working it's and just how answers come you know i love that whole thing where like i was there was something yesterday i got an email and i was confused i couldn't work out what it was about and i thought oh, i'll contact them today and ask and i hadn't thought about it since and then i was running in this morning and i was like oh i know what they mean in the answer and i hadn't consciously thought it was like yeah, yeah I agree. <laughs> so in terms of like positive influences in your life is, is there anything or anyone who's particularly had like a real impact on you either growing up or in you know recent times wow yeah um i guess loads of people um but i so i said about that talk that citizens not consumers thing that john alexander did um and this was about three or four years ago and he tweeted about this event and it was just called how can i do more good and it was in london and the description was really weird. It was like, we're going to be in a year and we're going to share lunch, but we're going to talk about our values at work. And we're gonna, Like, it was just a strange... And something I was like, I have to go to that. And it was like, I had to get a train down, I had to take a day off work. But some reason, I just was like, going to go. And it was run by, like, um, like someone who's now come a friend. And um, that was... Their world was they uh, they were in advertising. They, and, he'd, and he'd done a sustainability... Um, like masters and then was like I can't work in advertising and know about climate change like the two things cannot exist in my head my head's literally going to explode <laughs> sort of thing so he was trying to get people in comms and creative industries thinking about their values and stuff and it just like I came home from that and then I resigned it was like you cut I don't know something in was um called so I suppose those people that have inspired me have mostly just really lived their values. It's like, I know what my values are and I have to take... If something feels uncomfortable or not right or I'm not living my values, I have to change, like I have to act on it or at least I have to sit and think about it, you know, or reflect. Um, 
yeah, so that's what comes to mind. But I think as well, like within nonviolent communication, that there's lots of people I meet and who just got like they can be involved in really difficult things, but they've just got so much like I suppose compassion, but, but like warmth or whatever, you know, like presence or something like that. And I think just being around those people seems to like yeah, I want to be there. <laughs> um, you feed off yeah, it, don't you? Yeah, that's it. And definitely people who, you know, I suppose traditionally in this position, it's like people tend to be inspired by like entrepreneurs or people that start something, and that is there as well. But I think it doesn't have to be that. It can be someone who like is amazing looking after their neighbour or just anything where it seems to really come from like values and just really caring and um, yeah. I think that's it. It doesn't have to be something this big grand idea of just doing some good. You, it's just like someone who's just looking after the neighbour or yeah. someone you see might be going walking the neighbour's dog because they can't go out. Or just yeah. any kind of just little things yeah, yeah. Um, that makes a difference. Yeah. And I think also um, the last thing I said, yeah, just there's something particularly that inspires me is when people can see the good in like who we traditionally label the baddies. So it's sort of like it's almost easier to feel compassionate someone who's homeless or someone in poverty but it's quite hard to feel compassionate for like the police or a terrorist or so, you know and some people um, seem to be able to do that and I think I'm not always there but I'm trying but that is amazing I think because like if you can really go I don't like your actions but you're still a human and you're something in see some potential in people because I think if we're going to change systems, you have to be able to like um, understand that system has to be able to understand itself, which means you have to connect. You can't like do it. I don't think you could do it through force. I think it's like you have to all un- you have to get people to understand each other's points of view, and then it naturally just changes. So um, there's a there's a thing called theory U, and there's a course called U Lab that Stanford run, and um, it's it's really the tagline is like helping systems sense and see themselves and it's like if you can create empathy between people you wouldn't normally it just you come up with different solutions and it just changes you know so that if the police and and people that are getting moved on could somehow see what each other's you know point of view is or you know you can replicate that all over the place or property developers and people that can't find any housing or you know um, yeah, so especially inspired by people that can see, like, the humanity and the baddies. Yeah, <laughs> and that sounds great. Really and in terms of um, any kind of resources, or say books, or podcasters, or YouTubers that you tend to like, you know, listen to or follow that mm. just inspire you. As yeah, well. I don't know if anyone, I don't know if anyone would be interested <laughs> in what I listen to. If I'm going to say, yeah, I'm like a massive fan of Tara Brack. So she's got um. Uh, a podcast with lots of talks and meditation and that's very much about just um I guess simply being present and like the ben- what that can have and like Krista Tippett her on being podcast if you listen to them so no, she kind of talks to people that have maybe done something significant or well, however you, however you want to frame that but um she tends to talk about like what in your life or your background has led you here you know so it's like what have you done but why like what were the conditions that led to that which I really love um yeah 
all sorts and mostly stuff that my team shares with me or people um, here but yeah there's something about like the knowledge and like not being ignorant and really know what's going on and trying to balance that with being inspired and seeing hope and seeing beauty and stuff yeah that sounds I amazing else, a lot yeah. of books you got any, if you oh say if you had to you know what one book or a few books that have like you know had a shift um, or oh wow Right, there's so many. Um, definitely Benet Brown. Like, it's a bit of a cliche, I suppose, but I think all, all of her books have like had just reminded me, you know, especially like um, I think about being vulnerable. Or, but all of them, they've always really inspired me. There was one which was actually not really well written, but it just kind of was what you talked about that was just called Enough, and it was just really around. Um, yeah, that sort of constant drive for more and how, it, you know, it, it was almost the theme of it inspired me rather than, but I suppose like Naomi Klein's um, is another person that, um, I can't believe it's gone out of my head. The main one she did a couple of years ago on climate change. Oh. Um, is it like Naomi's? I know which one you're talking about, I can't yeah. think of <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I think she's another one, but... She's doing yeah. some good. She yeah. is really leading the charge, isn't she? And yeah. I think she's just shining a light on um, some of the things that need to be brought up that basically get yeah. tend to be like, ignored. And she's got such a good profile now yeah. to the point where she can really have an influence. Yeah, yeah. It's funny that there's loads, and like always when you get asked that question, can't quite think. No, they're good people. They <laughs> yeah, are very yeah. good people, and there's some that I've not heard of as well, and particularly the um, the podcasters and stuff. I'll have to check them out. So this podcast is all about sharing what good people are doing out there. So you know, what advice would you potentially give someone who is looking to go out there and do their own actually little bit of good? Wow, uh, struggle with it with giving advice because I try not to. But I think um, the things that come to mind is like. I feel like having some kind of uh, reflective practice, whatever that means to you, is like absolutely essential. Like, when do you just sit and go, actually, how am I? Is my life, ref- you know, matching my values? And if something says no, take time to go into it. You know, that that seems like something that throughout your life, like all the time. Otherwise, I don't see how you don't fall into like a blind alley that you just like wake up years later and think what was I doing you know yeah. I think some kind of reflection and then um, I think going towards people that like really try not to use too many hippie words but like really nourish you or something is that yeah who makes you feel like the best version of yourself and spend time with them it's like that's massive and for me the other thing was just like trust that I didn't have a plan, but it seems to be so far. If I do what feels right and seems needed, it kind of works out, and I have no idea. Like, for my dad, it was horrendous. He was like, you're leaving your job and you've got no plan. Like, what are you thinking? You know, he's, like, had the same job all through his life. And so not everyone can do that or feels able, but it could be that in small ways. It's like, if you can, if you do feel you can, like, take a chance. Like, um, And that could be, like, going to an event where you think I don't know anyone or... You know, it doesn't have to be leaving your job, you know. <laughs> and um, and also, your job isn't your whole life, so it might be for someone, you know, they're just like, you can end up in this big loop of like, I've got to change what I do for a living, and that might not be the answer. It's like, it might be like, 
what could I do once a week that um, gets me to talk to someone outside of my normal circle or like that helps someone I know but I feel like the different having different experiences is likely to like lead you in new directions or something and if you keep just doing the same thing and I, and I suppose just it's just recognizing that mostly a lot of people's lives are driven by fear like if I do this I might look stupid my friends might not understand it might go wrong so if you can like notice those fears normally once you've gone oh actually I'm scared of that it, it, you don't feel scared or something just like realize what you're scared of try and get some support and then see <laughs> if you can do it yeah. that's very sound advice yeah, I don't know, that's I don't know about advice but for me that's okay, what well I, I suppose <laughs> but yeah but that's I think it's, it's helped like, me yeah. I think that's all mm. we can really do can't mm. I something that's been resonated with me recently is I can't really tell anyone else what to do yeah. it's like I can only share my experience yeah and if something that I've said a little light bulb goes off on yeah. or you might get inspired to think of your own thing yeah. to do um, no, that's yeah. really, really good advice. That's really true because I, I think that's it. Is like there's if there was a recipe, they'd give you that as a kid, and you could just follow it. And it's like yeah. there's not, but there's themes, isn't there? Yeah, mm. totally. Thanks. So, how can people um, find out about you, or if they want to find out yeah. a little bit more about your organisation or you yeah. yourself, where, where can they go yeah, to find you out? So, I think to find out about um, Street Support itself, it's um, streetsupport.net. Um, there is an app as well, but I think the website's better <laughs> at the moment. That's where we are. Um, and some some different things. So there's some really clear things you can do. So if you or someone you know is experiencing homelessness or if you uh, you get to know someone you're trying to help them, you can find out every single service. that's a, So you can put in your postcode, you can say what you need and you can find out who can help. So like try and, there's that kind of way of, I need, someone needs help. If you want to give help, you can go to that section of the website and it'll show you all the things that are currently needed. So, like, near again, put in your postcode and it'll be, like, near you, this charity currently needs toiletries, these people currently need a volunteer on a Friday, these projects need money. So it's, like, you know, one pla- those kind of things. And if you feel more able to um, get involved in that, there's a couple of options. So there's a business group, um, like... MHP business group that one of my team runs um, in which you if you or even just work for a business you don't have to like own a business or something but you can go and they're working on projects that businesses could deliver that respond to needs we've also got um, a resourcing and comms group for the GM winter project so that's like we're we're trying to say could we if we all pull together have accommodation for the whole winter instead of when it's just sub-zero but that's going to take like a lot of help so there's a group for that as well so all of that should be able to find through our website and if there's anything not you can email info at streetsupport.net and one of the team will get back yeah so we'd love to have more people um involved and i think our big sort of realization at the moment is we'd like the network so at the moment i think the network is very much about um, the organisations feel part of the network but I think most people would probably think of it as a website or a tool and it's like the idea is that becomes really a network and you feel part of it and you can do something so you're an active participant in that and there's things that you can do sort of thing. so we'd love yeah we'd love more people to get involved and bring their energy and ideas and 
Yeah. Well, I would love if mm -hmm. someone who's listening to this that will get connected to you guys and help out and do their own bit of good, then that would be amazing. Well, then, but if that's pretty much it, I really appreciate you taking the time out today. I know you've got um, a lot on with this, um, but I really appreciate what you're doing. And it's really inspiring. It's inspiring for me. Um, it's been inspiring for the people that I've told that I'm, I'm coming to talk mm -hmm. to you. So um, I really appreciate you taking the time today. Thanks a lot. Yeah, and likewise, um, yeah, just lovely to actually step back and talk about it um, on a human level as well as a like a project level. And uh, yeah, really enjoyed it. Thanks. Thank you so much. <laughs> That's my um, interview with Viv Slack. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed it and feel like you got a lot from it. I certainly did. I really enjoyed being over there and finding out more about her organisation and and what she's doing to you know make a, a really big impact to end homelessness. And you know she's not going to do it on her own. That's why. I've done this interview so hopefully more people will hear about this and feel inspired to want to get involved and if you want to follow or find out more wherever you listen to this there'll be show notes below which will have links to street support network and also how, how you can help and, and then also some of the links to some of the things we're talking about from say Ken Robinson to Brené Brown and Naomi Klein so yeah see um see how you can get involved and, and just maybe remember next time you um you know you come across a homeless person or whatever just realize you know who knows what they've been going through and, and what big challenges that has faced to, to put them in that situation and maybe all we need to do sometimes is just sort of acknowledge them and, and give them some time and even if you can't afford to give them any money or whatever then just to just to acknowledge them and that can be that can be enough just to make them feel like they're a human being so yeah i will leave it there for today and until my next episode have a good one mm -hmm.